Hey, welcome everybody to uh, Big Valley Grace Online, and we're grateful that you are with us. One of the great things about modern technology like, like this right here is that uh, you may be inside your house, you may be inside a, an apartment. I know people that are watching this in their motorhomes while they're on vacation. Some of you are in your backyards. The beautiful thing is, is that right now, I may not be able to see you, but you can see me, and together we can worship the Lord, which is really, really great. Our uh, mission here at Big Valley Grace is to make disciples, make disciples who love God and love people, and here's the deal, even in the midst of this coronavirus, we're able to fulfill our mission. We are making disciples. We may not be able to come inside this brick and mortar building, but disciples are being made regardless of that. And I wish you could have all been in our staff meeting on Wednesday or on Tuesday, because on Tuesday, boy, Pastor Tim Gianosa and some others began to unpack how the Lord is working in people's lives. Even though we can't meet in this building, the Lord is still at work. People are being discipled. People are being encouraged. People are coming to know the, the Lord as their Savior. And, uh, and so though we can't meet right now because of the coronavirus, the message of Jesus Christ is still um, going out and having an incredible impact, not just here in Modesto, but literally all over our county, our state, our, our nation, and literally the world. People are watching from all over the world right now. And so I just wanted you to know that uh, in the midst of this virus, good things are still happening. God kind of things are still happening. And this is what I want everybody to do, okay? Everybody take their Bible, okay? Everybody's got their, their Bible. And I want you to open it up to Exodus chapter 20, okay? Exodus, Old Testament, Genesis, okay? Then you got the next book is Exodus. So the first book of the Bible is Genesis. The second book is Exodus and turn to chapter uh, 20. We are in a series here at Big Valley Grace Community Church where we're going through the 10 Great Commandments. There are hundreds of commandments found in Scripture, but we are looking at the 10 Great Commandments. And so far, we've looked at the first two, okay? Number one was, you shall have no other gods before me. That's the first of the great 10 commandments. And you gotta nail this one. God says, I don't want you to have any other gods before me. And this is all about priorities. This is all about making sure that God is number one in your life, okay? And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. You, you blow this one, and the rest of them just aren't really gonna matter. And so the first commandment is, God says, don't have any other gods before me. The second one is, you shall not make for yourself an idol. And Pastor Lonnie taught on this last weekend, and it was an incredible message. If you didn't have a chance to listen to it, you need to. You need to just go online, go to our website, and just listen to this message. Th this is all about worship. This is all about worship. God doesn't 
want us to have anything in our lives that would take our focus away from him. So, so, so number one is don't have any other gods before me, okay? God, God's got to be number one. And number two, the second great commandment is don't have anything in your life that would pull your focus away from God. Okay, today we're going to look at number three, okay? And uh, I want you to look at Exodus chapter 20 and look at verse 7, okay? God says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. One of the things I love about the Ten Commandments is that they're pretty simple. If you got half a cell working in your, in your brain, you, you, you can figure out what these Ten Great Commandments are. You don't have to be a theologian. You, you don't have to know the Lord for, for decades to understand the Ten Commandments. You know, if you're breathing, basically, God wrote these so that everybody would understand them. Number one, make sure he's number one. Don't have any other gods before me. N number two, don't make for yourself an idol. And number three, don't misuse the name of the Lord. Now, most people, when they think about number three, don't misuse the name of the Lord, what immediately comes to their mind is cussing, right? Or swearing or, you know, bad language. God says, don't cuss. That's what God's saying here. Don't cuss. Don't swear. Don't use bad language. But I want you to know that this commandment right here has um, way more to do with just simply not using bad language. It encompasses that. There's no doubt about that. But it has way more to do with just, you know, cussing or whatever. And I think when I'm done with this message, you'll see that. Now, why is this such a big deal? I mean, think about it. I get it. God wants to be number one. I get it. D don't have any idols, right? Something that will take your focus away from, from God. But really? This is number three? What's this all about? Why is God so sensitive, if you will, about his name? Well, let me do this. I'm going to rattle off a few names for you. And I want you to think about, I don't know, the first thought that comes to your mind, the first feeling or emotion that might come to your, your mind. Okay, I'm going to rattle off a few names. Okay. Uh, George Washington. Abraham Lincoln. Boy, you hear a couple of names like that and... Man, you, you immediately, even though these are people that lived 100 years ago, immediately you, you, you have thoughts about them. They invoke an emotion. There's something about those two names. Everybody knows who those two guys are, right? Especially if you live in America. How about this name? Sir Winston Churchill. Now, probably for a lot of young people, that name doesn't mean anything to you. But for those of us that are older, Wow. That name means something, doesn't it? How about this? Mother Teresa. Whoa. Boy, there's a name that most people around the globe know. And, and man, what a, what a great name that is. How about, how about uh, Corey Tinboom? What about Billy Graham? Come on, Billy Graham, are you kidding me? I don't care where you live, you've heard of Billy Graham. How about this? How about Michael Jordan? Or 
what he's also known as is, is MJ. How about Moses? What about the Apostle Paul? Man, don't those names all mean something? Don't they invoke something within you? How about this name? Adolf Hitler. Ooh. Well, that, that invokes a whole nother set of emotions, doesn't it? How about this name? Charlie Manson. What about the name Osama bin Laden? How about this name? Judas. Whoa. Beloved, every one of these names conjures up some thought in your mind. Some of those thoughts were good. Some of those thoughts were bad. But each of those names made you think of something because there's a lot tied up in a name, right? In fact, that's why the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 22. A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Think that through. A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. I, I looked up the word slander this week uh, in the dictionary, and this is what it says, okay? Quote, slander, the utterance of false charges or misrepresentations which defame or damage another's reputation. Here's the deal. Every time you misuse the name of God, you're defaming his name. It's, it, it's slanderous. And, and, and God doesn't want his name slandered. God doesn't want his name defamed or damaged. It's an important thing to God that you put him number one, that you don't have any other idols, and that you use his name in a way that's God-honoring, that you don't misuse it. Now, as I said earlier, most people, when they think about this third commandment, all they think about is, you know, uh, cussing, swearing, you know, those kinds of things, but there are many ways you can misuse his name, and I'm gonna give you three, and I'm gonna run through these pretty quick. I'm gonna give you three ways you can misuse his name, then I'm gonna give you three ways you, you can honor his name, and then we'll be done, okay? So let me give you the three ways that you can misuse the name of God. And the first one is you can misuse God's name to get what you want. You can misuse God's name. You can violate the third commandment to get what you want. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, how in the world does that happen? How in the world can you misuse God's name to get what you want? Well, let me give you some examples. And I've heard all these things before. How about this? Man, I didn't feel led by God to get out of bed today. You just misused his name to get what you wanted. How about this? I prayed to God, and I don't think he wants me to honor that contract. He's calling me to do something different. I've actually had people tell me that. They signed a contract. They signed a deal. They shook hands with somebody, said they were going to do something. And then at some moment, they invoked the name of God. They misused the name of God to get out of the contract. Instead of letting their yes be yes and their no be no, right? 
They now invoked his name. They misused his name to get out of a contract. I know of many people that have done that. How about this? God wants me to quit this church and go to another. Now, I, I do think that God sometimes moves people from one church to another. I have no doubt about it. But once you invoke his name and say, well, God wants me to do this, I think that's a horrible misuse of the name of God. How, how about this one? I prayed and God told me the best thing for my family is to divorce my spouse. Wow. I can't tell you, believe it or not, how many times somebody has said that to me. That's a violation of the third commandment. They've misused God's name to get what they want. God told me, I was praying and God told me, I'm supposed to divorce my spouse. How about this one? I've heard this one many, many times. You know, right now, God doesn't want me to serve anywhere. <laughs> That's a misuse of God's name. That's a violation of the third commandment. Hey, it's okay if you want to say, I don't want to serve anywhere. I'm too busy to serve anywhere. But to invoke his name and to say, well, God doesn't want me to serve when it's clear in God's word that he does want you to serve. You violated the third commandment. You know, I prayed, Pastor Rick, I prayed and God told me I was to buy that new car, that new house or that new boat or whatever it might be. I think that's a misuse of God's name to get something you wanted. It's okay to buy a house. It's okay to pray about buying a house. It's okay to buy a car or a boat or whatever, and it's okay to pray about those things. And it's okay to seek out some wisdom. And it's okay to say, God, give me some peace about the decision I'm gonna make. Nothing wrong with those things. But you need to be very careful in how you invoke his name. That if you're gonna bring God into this thing, you gotta be super careful. I don't know what it is in your life, but we've all maybe heard or maybe even used the phrase, you know, I've prayed about it and God wants me to do or God wants me to have and then you fill in the blank. And I think that's one of the great ways that you can misuse God's name is to simply get what you want. I mean, here, here's the deal. If someone says to you that God told them that he wanted them to divorce their spouse, how do you argue with that? When somebody invokes the name of God and says, God told me to do whatever, how, how do you have a conversation with a person after that? They've invoked the name of God. So please, please, be careful. It's okay to say, you know, I prayed about it and I've thought about it and I'm, I'm making a decision. I hope this is God's will. I've sought some wisdom on it. It's okay to do that, but you want to be super careful that you don't misuse his name to simply get what you want. Here, here's, a, here's a second way that you can misuse the name of, of God. You can misuse God's name to intimidate people. Okay, some people are pros at this. You can misuse God's name to intimidate people. They say things like this. I was praying last night and God told me to tell you Oh, oh, wow. 
If I had a nickel for every time somebody came to me in my 40 years here at Big Valley Grace and said to me, hey, Pastor Rick, I was praying last night and God told me to tell you, and then they say whatever it is, man, I'd be a millionaire. Me, me and Bill Gates would be on the, on the same level. Or how about this? I was praying last night and God revealed to me something you really need to work on in your life. Whoa. Whoa. That, that, that's, a, that's a way to intimidate somebody, isn't it? I've actually had these next two happen to me uh, uh, recently. Pastor Rick, God told me in my prayer time that you're supposed to lend me some money. Ever had someone do that to you? Hey, I was praying and God told me, you know, that you're supposed to let me use your car or whatever it might, might be. That's a way to intimidate somebody. Or how about this? This actually happened to me not long ago. Not long ago. God told me that uh, you're, you're supposed to preach on this topic. I, I'll bet a month doesn't go by and somebody doesn't say to me, I was praying and God told me to tell you to preach on this. Sometimes I can actually be at church, okay? It could be out on the field. It could be when we were meeting inside our building. When literally on Saturday night or Sunday morning, someone would come and say, God told me to tell you you're supposed to preach on this topic. And literally that same night or same morning, another person came to me and said, God told me to tell you you're supposed to preach on this. Two different topics. Like God's a schizophrenic. In their prayer times, God told them to come tell me about two different topics. It's simply a misuse of God's name. And it's a way to intimidate people. Look, it's okay to pray and it's okay to come and say to me or Pastor Joel, hey, I've just been thinking and praying and I, I, I wish you guys would consider maybe preaching on this. Or would you consider preaching on that? It, it could be that, you know, hey, Pastor Rick, I, I, I've just been thinking a little bit and I, I just want you to know that, man, I just want to share this with you about your life or whatever it is. But be careful that you don't invoke the name of God in the midst of it, okay? Uh, 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 by the way, TV evangelists do this all, all, all the time, right? You hear them on their broadcast say, God said, if you don't send me $1,000, you know, we're going to have to pull the plug on, on this ministry. That's a, a form of intimidation, Okay which is a way of misusing the, the, the name of God. Okay, and last but not least, no, number three, you can misuse God's name to impress people. You can misuse his name. You can violate the third commandment by trying to impress people. A lot of immature Christians, I think, get caught up in this one. They try to show you or prove to you how spiritual they are by their, I don't know, Christian jargon, or whatever it might be, and let me give you an example. I hear people all the time say this. They say, man, I love the Lord. He's number one in my life. And then you ask them, hey, are you serving in any kind of ministry? And they answer, no. 
Are you meeting with him every day, reading the Bible every day? Are you having a quiet time? Are you memorizing scripture? No. Are you giving? No. And to me, that's a misuse of the name of God, to invoke his name and say that he's the number one thing in your life and that you love him deeply, but you don't serve anywhere. You don't give. You're not spending any time with the Lord and his word. You're not praying. I think that's a misuse of the name of the Lord simply to impress somebody. Talk doesn't impress God, but action does. Lifestyle does. Listen to what Paul said in Titus chapter 1. He's talking about a group of people who say they claim to know God. They, they, they really know how to talk it up. They'll, they'll tell you how much they love God. They'll tell you how committed they are to God. They'll tell you how, how spiritual they are, how, how mature they are but their actions basically deny the truth. So when you invoke the name of God to make yourself look like you're really spiritual, hey, God's number one in my life. I really love the Lord. I care about God deeply, but you don't serve anywhere. You're not reading his word. You're not meditating on his word. You're not in a Bible study anywhere. You don't give. Wow, those are all things that God expects of his people. That's all low-hanging fruit, by the way. And if you're not doing any of those things, well, then don't invoke his name and tell everybody how much you love him. Be honest. I love what the great prophet Isaiah said. He says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And I think one of the ways that we can misuse the Lord is to just not be honest about our walk with him and we tell everybody how much we love Jesus and how much we care about Jesus and, and, and how much he's number one in our lives. But man, the reality is they're not really close to Jesus at all. They've just simply invoked his name and that's a misuse of his name. That's a violation of the third co commandment. And by the way, let me, let me just quickly make a comment about, about swearing, okay, specifically swearing. In my opinion, any idiot can, can, can swear, and I know some of you aren't gonna like that, that I used that word. It takes no intelligence to swear. It takes no IQ to swear. It takes no education to swear. I can teach a three-year-old to swear. They've even taught chimpanzees to swear. They've taught parrots to swear. It doesn't show your maturity. It doesn't show your manliness or whatever to swear, okay? It takes maturity. It takes discipline. To, to, to not swear, especially when you're angry. You know, you stub your toe or you hit your thumb or a guy cuts you off in traffic. It takes discipline and maturity not to swear, not to use crummy language. It takes, you know, maturity and, and self-control not, not to swear. And so with that, I'm gonna leave it alone. Now, now here's the good part. 
Okay, here's a good part. We're going to start to land the plane right now. Let me give you three ways to use God's name correctly. This is the practical piece of the message, all right? So, so I've given you three ways you can really mess up God's name. Now I want to give you three ways that you can honor God, that you can honor his name, that you can fulfill the third commandment, okay? Because it's more than just not cussing, not doing some things. I think there are some things proactively we can do. Number one, you honor the name of God when you speak up or you take action when God's name is being misused. I think that's one of the ways you honor the Lord. In Acts chapter four, it says this, there is no salvation. There is salvation in no one else. God has given us no other name No other name. There's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Man, the name of God is an incredible name. It's the name that will save you. And here's the deal. One of the ways you can be proactive in fulfilling the third commandment is, is when you hear somebody using God's name in a crummy way, is that you speak up, you take action. How do you normally respond when you hear somebody, I don't know, use the Lord's name in vain? What do you normally do? Do you just kind of wince? Do you just kind of keep it inside? I think most people do. They don't really say anything. I don't want to stir up anything. I mean, I want to keep my friendship with that person. I don't want to do anything that, you know, I don't want to cause a, a fight or an argument or whatever. Let me ask you this, and I'm going to talk to all the guys that are out there who are married or you don't even have to be married. Maybe you got a girlfriend, fiance. Let's say somebody said something crummy about your wife right in front of you. Or they said something crummy about your fiance. Or they said something crummy about, I don't know, your girlfriend. Or maybe they said something crummy about your mama. You just gonna sit back and do nothing? Of course not. If I was with a group of people and somebody said something crummy about my my wife, man, I'd be all over them like a cheap suit. Somebody said something crummy about my mother, man, I'd be all over them like a cheap suit. I'm not gonna just sit there and wince and keep it inside and try to keep a friendship together. No, you just said something crummy about my wife and I'm not gonna stand for it. You just said something crummy about my fiance or my girlfriend. You're going to stand up. You're going to speak out if somebody did that against your wife or or whatever. And here we're talking about the name of God, the very name that brought salvation to your life. We're talking about the name of the second person of the Holy Trinity who came down to planet Earth and died on a cross for your sins. I'll tell you, one of the ways you fulfill the third commandment, one of the ways that you honor God in this is that you stand up, you take action when his name is being misused. I think love demands action. Psalms chapter 29 says this. Praise the Lord's glorious name. Praise the Lord's glorious name. Praise it. Praise it. 
Take action. The third commandment, don't misuse the name of the Lord, isn't about just making sure you don't do something. But it's also proactive. You're, you're, you're to praise his name. We're to have the utmost respect for the name of God. It's an act of worship when you praise his name. I think it's an act of worship when, when you stand up and speak out against those that are using his name in vain. Look, I, I want to challenge it. When somebody uses the name of the Lord in vain, you want to, you want to treat them with respect, you want to treat them with honor, you want to treat them the way you'd want to be treated. And I'm not saying that right there on the spot you get into a big spat, but there needs to come a moment within respect and kindness or whatever you say, hey, look, man, I don't know what you think about Jesus, but we just had a conversation and you just used his name in vain. I'm going to ask you as your friend, don't do that. That name means a lot to me. I'm saved because of that name. And maybe they're a Christian. And, and you're saved because of that name. Instead of using the name of Jesus in some flippant way, use somebody else's name. And, and I think that'd be a great way to honor the, the second uh, or the third commandment. Let me give you another way that you can honor the Lord in this area. And that is you honor the name of God when you live in a way that honors God's name. <laughs> That's proactive. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. You bear that name. Christian, um, you bear the name Christ. You're a Christ follower. You bear his name. And let me tell you something. When you live in a way that honors that name, wow, you're, you're knocking it out of the park. It's, it's one of the ways you fulfill that, thir that third commandment. Your lifestyle can misuse the name of God. I guess that's the other way you could look at this. If you call yourself a believer, then you're to act like one. If you're going to call yourself a, a, a Christian, then don't drag Christ's name through the gutter by your lifestyle, right? In other words, you, you need to, you know, your, your, your walk needs to match your talk. Because if you tell people you're a Christian, if people know you're a follower of Christ and yet you live in a crummy way, I think you're violating the third commandment. You're misusing his name. Let me give you uh, what I think might be the biggest reason people never give their lives over to Jesus, okay? I don't know if this is true or not, but in my 40 years, I think this might be the number one way. Why people don't give their life to Christ? Is they see, I don't know, maybe the non-believer has a job and they know the guy in the cubicle next to him is a Christian, Maybe uh, there's an unbeliever that lives in a neighborhood and they know that a Christian lives in a particular house or whatever. And the non-believer looks at the lifestyle of the follower of Christ and that lifestyle is really crummy. 
And that unbeliever thinks to themselves, well, why would I want to become a, a, a follower of Jesus? Why would I want to give my life to Jesus? Why would I want to bear that name? I don't want to be anything like my neighbor. I don't want to be anything like the person sitting in the cubicle next to me. I don't want to be anything like that person in my foursome that I play golf with. Look, how you live matters. How we as a church conduct ourselves matters. And if you wear his name, if you bear his name, you call yourself a, a believer, if you've put your trust in the name of Jesus Christ, and wow, one of the ways that you honor that third commandment is by living a God-honoring life. And let me give you the third one. The third way that you can honor the, the third commandment. And that would be this, you honor the name of God when you trust in God's name. When you really trust in his name. Psalms 33 says this, in him our hearts rejoice for we trust in his holy name. We trust in his holy name. And one of the ways you honor him is when you really do trust in him, or you rely completely in him. You trust him for your peace. One of the names that God gave himself was Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of peace. And you honor his name when you trust in the name of Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom. Trust in him for your strength. You trust in him for your daily needs. One of the names that God gave himself was Jehovah Jireh. That's one of his names. The Lord provides. Are you trusting in him to provide for you? Are you trusting in him for your healing? One of the names that God gave himself was Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals. That's his name, Jehovah Rapha. And how you can honor him is when you trust in him and his name for your healing. The Bible says this. I'm going to take us back to Acts chapter 4. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given by which men must be saved. And here's my question. Are you trusting in him for your salvation? In his name? See, the only way our sins are forgiven, the only way we're ever gonna be able to stand before God is if we have our sins washed away. And there's only one way that happens. It happens when you give your life to Jesus Christ. You give your life to Christ and he cleanses you of your sins. You see, keeping the Ten Commandments doesn't cleanse you of your sins. What the Ten Commandments do if you live them out, it shows the world that you are a believer. You live out the Ten Commandments, and I guarantee you, you'll see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. God wants to be number one in your life. God doesn't want you to have any idols. God wants you to, to honor his name. 
None of those things will, will, will save you. Only a relationship through Jesus Christ will do that. Have you, have you put your trust in him? John chapter 20 says this, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Once again, have you put your trust in the name of Jesus? Have you surrendered your life over to him? The only way any of us will ever get to heaven to spend our eternity with the Father is through Jesus Christ, his son. And one of the ways that you can, you know, fulfill the third commandment and be proactive in fulfilling the third commandment of not misusing the name of the Lord is by giving yourself over to that name, surrendering your life over to Jesus. So you honor the Lord when you speak up, you take action when God's name is being misused. N number two, you honor the name of God when you live in a way that honors God's name. And number three, you honor the name of God when you really put your trust in God's name. Not, not, not just for your peace, not just that he would provide, not, not, not just for his healing, but for some of you right now, maybe it might be for your salvation that you would surrender your life over to Jesus Christ, that great name, and know that your sins have been forgiven. Let me encourage everybody to continue in the 50-day adventure as we all walk through the Ten Commandments together. I know we've sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these books. I know many of you have bought them online and you've, you've downloaded all of the the. the, the papers and, and worksheets and stuff. This is an incredible tool. And I want to encourage you, you know, to, to keep it up. This is really one of the finest things Big Valley Grace has come up with ever. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Let me, uh, let me pray, okay? Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you, Lord, for this incredible book, the, the Bible. And um, wow, there's, there, it's just so full of just incredible thoughts from you, weighty thoughts. And as we continue in this journey as a church family going through the Ten Commandments, may you transform each of our lives. May we keep you number one. May, may we not have anything that takes away from our worship from you and may we not misuse your name. Those three things alone, wow. Talk about being salt and light. Just accomplishing these three things alone, we as Christians would be incredible salt and light to our neighbors and friends around us, people we work with. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. May everybody just have a fantastic week going through their journals. And I pray this in your name and all of God's people said, amen.
Lord bless you.